0: In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Lord. Now it's time for questions. I wish you can speak as well. By the way, to be shy is not a sign of resurrection. So please don't be shy. Can you give us an example how to claim this knowledge of living out of time to our conscious? A practical example to make it close to our minds. Let me explain in the negative side What does it mean not to live out of time? It means you are bound to place and time If you go to the first chapter of the book of Revelation Revelation chapter 1 We know that St. John was in a place in the island of Patmos, in a certain time he received this revelation the revelation of jesus christ which god gave him to show his servants things which must shortly take place to take place in the future and he sent and signified it by his angel his servant john verse 10 i john both your brother and companion no, sorry, no. Combining the tribulation and kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ was on, an, uh, on the island that is called Bartos. And a place at a certain time. But what I'm going to see is things will take place. You saw the life of the whole church, which is out of time. You saw angels of churches out of place. You saw church of Smyrna, church of Sardis, church of Philadelphia. So, to be like Saint John, he was not limiting himself to a place and circumstances and time. The place was but no circumstances, I was exiled. The time was a thousand, 1900 years ago. But what was his reality? was out of time, out of place, receiving a revelation from, from God. And again, the knowledge you already have it. And even in every time you recite that read, you are proclaiming, Anand Tazar Qayamad al Amuat and I'm standing high. Hagafil, Hagafil every day here. So to make it closer to my mind, first I have to repeat to myself, I am not bound to this. How we can apply more? If now I have a problem, whatever this problem. I have an exam, I failed an exam, I am I'm not working for a few months or a few weeks. Or I didn't find a job yet. Could it be current problem in time in a certain place in a certain city? If I bound myself to it, it will kill me. If I see myself an eternal son or daughter of God, not bound to time, not bound to place, I will receive it in a different way. we find someone who failed an exam, living a miserable life, and maybe. He or she will commit suicide. Someone else said, "I know before I go, I'm not going to pass, but I have a hope I will study and next time I'll pass it." Why? Because it's not the end of the world. So to live my eternity is to not to down myself either to place or to time. You find the same thing for Ezekiel, most of the prophets of the Testament. How come Isaiah 740 years before Christ? Is seeing a virgin conceived and bear a son, and how Ezekiel saw visions, and Micah, and Amos—all the prophets—they were not bound into time and place. And this is a the pouring of the church in Christ. They are not bound to time and place. Think of it this way: This is my reality. This is the knowledge I need to sink in. To ask the Holy Spirit to make me, make me to live according to my new reality. In Christ can you give us some tips to be able to understand the magnitude of the sacrifice of Jesus for us what does it mean that Christ died for me why is my mind not able to understand the depths of this sacrifice I think to understand the depths of the sacrifice has two dimensions first one to see my status and to see what he did Sometimes you hear it from many people, I'm not too bad, I'm not doing bad sins or something major. I do the normal things. Lying, swearing, being angry is a normal thing. We don't have normal sins in the Bible. To know how dangerous is my situation, think of what Adam and Eve did. And compare it with what you do every day. Or well, What they did, they just disobeyed God once from that tree. We don't know even what sort of fruit it was and it was a misery for the whole creation. Corruptibility for all of us as we discussed earlier in the morning. So how much more my sins and your sins. And if you read one verse with me to see how it's important to see my reality. I'm a sinner and I need a savior. If you go to Galatians <clears throat> chapter 3 Galatians 3 And read from verse 10 For as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse Why? For is written curse is everyone who does not continue in all things which are written in the book of law to do them If you miss one of them You are under the curse Without Christ, of course If you must have one of them, you broke the law Which one commands? That's why when Adam sinned, he broke the law And because of one sin, he was kicked out But that no one is justified by the law in the sight of God is evident For the just shall live by faith Yet the law is not of faith, but the man who does them Shall live by them. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, for as it is written, "Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree." So to recognize the magnitude of what he had, of the sacrifice of the cross, see that to break one command I am under the curse without Christ. And that's why compare what Adam did with what you do and I do every day. One lie is enough. Because it's fearful, it's very fearful. But there's a great mercy and grace on the other side. If you go to Philippians chapter 2 and read from 6 verse 6. Who being in the form of God, now we are talking about the Son of God, the second person of the Holy Trinity, who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. He is co-equal, co-essential with the Father and the Holy Spirit. But made himself of no reputation. cannot cease. imitate himself. Taking the form of a servant born servant and coming in the likeness of men and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. If you don't know who he is, he is God. And he accepted to humble himself. He took the form of man, make himself of my reputation for you. That's why you're asking why it is for me. You remember in the Passion week, we say, my savior. The church believes that Christ is a cosmological savior, he saved the whole world, and is a personal savior as well. You can't take one and leave the other. That's why the whole bunch of me are calling him my savior. So to know the magnitude of the sacrifice of the cross, see what is your status, one sin is enough to be out of the paradise forever, and to see the magnitude of the sacrifice to see who died for you. To the one who was co-equal with the Father emptied himself, kenosis To take us back To our status And he did it while we are still sinners Rejecting him As Saint Paul said in Romans 5.8 This question uh, I answered it But I would like to read it And to share with you in the answer of this question if man was created in the likeness of God I didn't say that If he was called first to be created in the image of likeness but not if God created him, created him only in the image And again, the image is the potential and the likeness is the target that I can achieve cooperating with God's grace Incorruptible Then how it is that man fell Yes, he was incorruptible in the sense of, uh, of, of Adam, but his potential was different. by sense of of Antioch, we will get it. God created Adam with a potential to be mortal or immortal through obedience and disobedience. So he has the potential for both of them, but he was in the immortality before sin. When he chose sin by disobedience, he became mortal and corruptible. So he has the potential of both, but he was enjoying the status of being immortal before sin and became mortal after sin. Then if the potential at his corruptibility was inherent, i.e. free will, then he was not fully incorruptible. He said again, he was having the potential of being either mortal or mortal corrupted, corrupted by his free will. Is the incarnation restore the immortality and incorruptibility of humankind, or does it provide the potential, it provides the potential again? After the first Adam, I have no choice. I go am born corrupted and mortal and no other option. Till I am waiting for themselves. Now on my baptism I have the restoration, I have the potential once more to be mortal immortal. If I will keep my vows of baptism. If I will live a holy life, then I'm going to enjoy the incorruptibility and immortality. Then, or still corrupt, nature inside and outside the church. What can we do to help an entire generation that has lost sight of God? And solution not only an individual child. Is this an, an indication of failure by the servants? We are not here to condemn anyone, but the church is telling us from their fruits, you we will know you. But again when we call for a revival, it's for all of us without any exception. We are not condemning any servant. But again, what do I enjoy? What I am offering to those whom I serve? Of course, you are saying it's an entire generation who has lost sight of God. I was sharing with a few people a few days ago, ago. There is a very famous doctor called Peter Wagner. He is teaching in the Institute Church Cross. And he has a very nice statistics. He said only 2% of Christians in North America came to believe in Christ through mega churches and media and conference and all these things. But 76% through encountering one-to-one was a true believer. If you would like to serve in the church, it's fine that you prepare a good topic and you study and all these things. But people are in need to encounter with a real Christian. Again, I'm not condemning anyone. I'm talking to myself. I need to live my calling is that everyone will come and see it. Let me share with you one verse. It's Zechariah chapter 2 and verse 10. Sing and rejoice, O daughter of Zion, for behold I am coming at will will in your midst, says the Lord. So what? If Christ is indwelling in us, amongst us, making a fence of fire and glory in the midst, verse 11, comes naturally. Many nations shall be joined to the Lord in that day. Those who are outside will come in from our Coptic church, from other churches. Why? Because they saw the Lord is living in the midst of us. Sing and rejoice, O daughter of Zion, for behold, I am coming, and I will dwell in your midst. It's good to find where is my mistakes and to start to act upon it. Don't be in despair. It's totally the object. The church is encouraging us to find out where is our weaknesses, to stand up, where is our death, to meet the eternal risen Lord, to change my life It's the very depths of the change of the new life, as St. Cyril was saying. So please don't be discouraged by what you see, but be encouraged more to live the life of redirection and to offer such life to others. Yes, it could be a, an entire generation that lost sight of God, but still we have hope we know we have also true believers among those generations, who at least is a call for them all to enjoy the fullness of the new life in Christ. During the second topic of yesterday, you mentioned that you have some concerns about the church which has a lot of activities. I'm not against activities. But I'm against activities to be a goal. And this is what I shared with you yesterday. The church is a place where it is a new being, a new becoming, is occurring when we come to church. We are not competing in a football tournament or basketball has no sense for a church, it's not a mission of a church. When you make a club or a football club or basketball club in the church, the aim is to bring them, to find means to bring them to the new life. But what it itself is a goal, it's a result. You lost the vision and the mission. Do you mean the spirit and the way those activities are run? Definitely. If any activity in the church not aiming to allow anyone to be in touch with the new life, we feel to be a church. For the church activities in general, of course we are encouraging every activity in the church for the sake of to be in touch with the change, the very depth the change of the new life. What should we do when we are very tired of the service? And it takes so much of your personal family time. You cannot quit and yet you cannot complain. Again, do you feel that you are overburdening yourself with something you can't make? Then sit with your father of confession, see what you can do, and you do it with a good heart, full heart. Because sometimes we all think. When we see someone ready to say yes, we overburden him with many tasks and many uh, jobs in the service. So do what you can do with a clear conscience and you do it for the glory of God. It's not a matter that I am managing two, three or five ministers in the church. Do one with an honest wholeheartedly rather than two three and to feel tired and guilty. And the bible is teaching us our family time is part of our consecration you can say because i'm in service i'm not going to keep to care about my family it's wrong and saint paul was warning us he is worse than a non-believer so you are required as a man you are the priest of the family no one is going to serve your children before you or after you and as a mother you are required by your of servant, you have to watch the ways of your children. Please don't overburden yourself. Sit with your this of Confession. See what you can do. And be doing it joyfully for the glory of God. You feel so scared that some of, of the decisions you make might not work. Feel scared for you to know you have to pray. Take one step at a time, but still there will be always this conscience that what you do is not enough. Can you tell me, someone in the church history did whatever he did, and he said, what I did was enough? No one. Even St. Paul, he felt he is not doing anything. It's a good intention without feeling guilty. Because God loved us so much, we can't offer him, him back what he did are trying to say, here, we have to live our eternity, but within the context of time. Still, my aim and my goal and my mind is set in eternity, but I am still living in chronology. My day is 24 hours. God is going to bless it. And I can do things in more or less time, but still, I am a limited creature. I have a limited mind, I have a limited time. To so enjoy your eternity within the chronology, okay? And again, all of us will feel that we are not doing enough, but not out of guilt, but out of the love that He put in our heart. We can't comprehend it. And Zogi, لا يريد أن يدع والدي تعيش معنا، فهل أرضي زوجي أم والدي؟ عرف أنه غير جدا في السن. وطبعا ضميري مننني جدا في هو ده مش عارفه ازاي اللي هنا بس هقول زي ما دي اهلك ايه تخيلي انت, انت سمعتي يوم الاكليل الاكليد في شعرك وبيت ابيك وروحي بيت جوزك مش معنى كده ان مش ابرار لوالدينا او ان احنا هنقول لهم ان انت مش عايزينكم ديفينيتلي بس الوضع الإلهي اللي ربنا حطه في الكنيسة يترك الرب أمه اباه أمه والسته تترك أباه أمه والسيد إثنين واحد وروني كده سامحوني يعني حد عايش حماده أو حمادها معه كل الوقت ما حصلش مشاكل ليه لأن إحنا عاملين قانون ضد قانون الله يقول رايحين منا ماشي بس عارفين ماشي لكن أعيش بيت واحد ده مش قانون الله. اللي إحنا علينا نكسر قوم الله وتدبير الله وقول أصليحنا نحنينين حي... عليهم نحن نحنينين عليهم الوصية والتغيير اكرم أباك وعمر عبرهم والتغيير لكن ماذا سألت يا ما تقول لي؟ يطلق الرجل الأباه والأم والتغيير من الوقتين نحب أبونا والمنا ونكرمهم ونقام رغينهم ومساكين قريب مننا وكل حالة لكن لا نفعش نعيش بيت واحد ده, ده كون الله اللي عايز يمشي قون تاني وحر بس مسؤول عن الكنسيقين الله بيقول أنا عملت لكم هذا القانون من قبل كل واحد فينا هل إحنا مؤكد أن إحنا نبقى أضرار أولئنا؟ بالعكس تحبهم ونكرمهم الوصيه مش ممكن نكسرها تكرم أمك وصية لكي تقول يا بحبي الحرار أو الوصية بوعد إن كنا نرتضي هذا بحب وفرح ونقعده معنا فائل لكن بينفعش للأخناء أنا عايز أقعدهم وهم مش أريد فقانون الله بيقول كل واحد عايش في ظروف معينة إحنا نقبل إحنا أحن أحن لكن ما حد على حاجتنا والأباء صلحوني لو How do we serve our and police? Again, it's by your life. And here, let me share with you two verses if we are living in a real harmony and the community and the full meaning of the community of God. The first one in Romans 15:14 15, 15:14 14. 15, 14. Saint Paul is telling to believers the sheep the body of Christ Now I myself am confident concerning you my brethren, that you also are full of goodness you also because you are living members of the body of Christ are full of goodness, filled with all all knowledge, able also to admonish one another. It's a duty. When you see me doing something wrong, as a member of the family, you come and pour me in love. He said the same thing in Hebrews 10:25. Hebrews 10:25. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together We meet together every week or every day Anywhere What sort of assembly do we have? As as the manner of some But exhorting one another And so much the more as you see the day approaching Don't waste your time when you see each other Exhorting one another It is a fellowship in which we can grow I see my weakness and you show me my weakness and encourage his And said, but we, the Bible said, don't judge one another, please. He but here he is commanding us in, for those who are full of goodness in the body of Christ. So, some of, one of the famous preachers said, there three conditions to exhort and admonish one another. What are these three conditions? First of all, ask yourself, what is the motive that I'm going to tell him, here is something wrong? If the motive of love do it if the motive is i have found or i caught you in some, doing something wrong don't do it so first thing is the motive should be love second thing what sort of measure do you measure my acts is it the truthfulness of the teaching of the church or is it your mind if it's your opinion mind don't do it if it's the truthfulness of the teaching of the church through the word of god do it. the third thing what sort of level of speech? Are you going to tell him because you are a saint and he's a sinner? Don't speak. If you know and say, I'm a sinner like you, and hear what I said, I felt what you said, offending from someone, then say it. So the motive is love. The measure of speech is the truth of the church. The level of speech, I'm a sinner like you. Then you are full of goodness, able to admonish one another. And it's a duty, as Saint Paul said. What does it mean? He is sitting at the right hand for, of the Father at the physical meaning or spiritual? Of course it's not physical because the Father has no right or left. But it's the sign of the most powerful place at the right hand of the Father. And again, when we say we are in Christ, he's trying to tell us you are strengthened by my God to be in Christ, seated at my, at my right hand. هل يمكن يكون لي اثنين ابضع اطراف؟ اثنين ابضع اطراف؟ هو الحقيقة هو واحد يسوع المسيح هو ابضع اطرافنا كلنا احنا ما نعترفش نعترف عن المسيح في محضر ابونا فهو واحدة بالغياءش لكن هي الفكر برضي لو انا الحقيقة دي ان انا باعترف للمسيح. فما احضر ابونا ابونا في الاخر شاهد بيبطي رأسه زي زي. وبيقول كده نحن احنا اتنين الذين احنوا رؤوسهم انا وهو. انا المعترف وابونا. وربنا بيدينا احنا الاثنين. حل وغفران. فاحنا بنعترف في جميع الاحوال عن المسيح نفسه. وابونا شاهد. طيب انا عايز اتنين ليه? مش عارف. لكن هو ممكن يبقى ابونا واحد ابو اعترافي. عشان الكنيسة يقول لنا انه محتاج امنا. يا اما هقول له واحد حاجه اقول اي بعض من غير يحس فانا عندي واحد افتراض ممكن اخد بقى واحد ثاني وثالث وعاش المرشد شاب حي واعرفه لكن كنيسه ثانيه في افتراض واحد اللي هو المسيح وفي واحد باتم ان هو يخاطيني كده في الواحد الروح خد بقى ارشاد زي ما انت عايز من خدام ومن كهنه ومن اساقفه ومن, ومن كل حاجه So I uh, can, can you explain the verse theme of the convention and second Corinthians chapter two verse twelve? Chapter four S, chapter four verse And we labor working with our own sorry second That uh, first. So then, this is working in us, but life in you. Which this? If you go back to our first book yesterday, it's cho- our choice to die with him, which is fruitful to life to them. The grain of wheat. When it dies, it brings fruit. The same thing, if I'm a servant, I'm willing to die, I will bear fruit. You will remain dead as far as you refuse to die.